I'm Bob Cudmore, and this is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. want to start off by talking about Puerto Rico. You and your husband and son have recently returned from a work trip to hurricane-ravaged Puerto Rico. What did you do there? We worked on a number of different homes there, removing mainly debris that still is everywhere in the towns that we saw in Puerto Rico. And so we worked mainly, they were seniors who just didn't have the ability to clear the storm debris themselves, uh, couldn't afford to pay somebody to do it. And it was everything from down trees and branches to um, pieces of their homes to parts of their household that had been washed out of their homes Mm. with the flooding that came with the hurricane, uh, you know, we found uh, little religious medallions and uh, forks and knives and plates. And I mean, it was really just so devastating to think about the amount of disruption and the trauma that was caused mm. by this hurricane. Were you anywhere near Yaco? Is that- we were not. We we flew into San Juan and we stayed at a baseball stadium in Calle, which is in the center. It's mm-hmm. just south of San Juan. And we worked in Salinas, which is on the opposite coast from San Juan. And what happened in Salinas is that there's a river um, and then it's a coastal town and the river and the ocean met. It really, the river mm. flooded and uh, the devastation is just you know, there are mountainous regions that were devastated, um, and then those coastal regions that were devastated with flooding and winds and, and damage. What was the mood of the people there? Do they think the U.S. federal government has done enough? Well, it's interesting. You know, FEMA was located in the baseball stadium where we stayed. And so I talked to some of the FEMA workers and talked to a number of people, talked to a number of mayors. One of the biggest uh, frustrations is how slow things are going. Um, And, you know, FEMA is requiring, for example, that people bring deeds to their property. Well, in Puerto Rico, many, many people don't have deeds. You know, their great-grandfather owned 20 acres, and it's been divided and divided and divided among children who built houses, and they don't have deeds to those houses, yet those houses were devastated. And so, you know, FEMA, for example, has distributed generators are still many people without power. I met people who didn't have power and they've distributed generators, but people can't afford the gas. Mm -hmm. So they might be able to keep the generator on for an hour or two hours a day. I saw a television interview with you when you were down there and you're saying that now that you're back, you're going to talk to the building trades? Yeah. You know, I mean, we were able to do grunt work. Um, You know, there were no skilled laborers among us. There was a group of um, Uh, 10 students from Hofstra who I want to give a shout out to because they chose to spend their spring break working in Puerto Rico. Um, And they came along with two administrators and all of them worked really hard. And, you know, the, um, the need to rebuild, to have people who are plumbers and electricians um, is really very dire there. Um, You know, we were fortunate in that this group from from Hofstra, a number of them spoke fluent Spanish. Mm -hmm. So we were able to really have conversations with the homeowners that we were helping and, you know, to hear their stories of the storm. And the one thing that struck me is, first of all, I don't think people appreciate Maria lasted 11 hours. Mm -hmm. It was 11 
hours of unrelenting rain and wind and tornadoes and flooding. And every single person who told their story of riding out that storm said the same thing. They said, I thought I was going to die. They really did not expect to survive that storm. And so the trauma um, is still very, very, uh, you know, palpable. And I think for the people that we helped to be able to see on their faces for probably the first time since the storm, uh, a thought of the future, a thought of, okay, now all of this storm damage has been cleared from my home and I can think about starting again. Um, you know, it, it, it it's going to be one homeowner at a time. And there's a lot of help that's needed. And if anybody is interested in going down and helping, I encourage them to do it. And if you don't want to do the, you know, the labor that we did, if that's not your calling, go down and be a tourist, spend your money. <laughs> um, Puerto Rico really um, needs our help. And I think that we were able to see, they were so stunned um, that so many people were willing to spend their vacation time to come down and help them. And that really, I think, Helped to bring hope to them as well. Did you get any flack for going on St. Patrick's Day, missing the? You know, parades? look, I'm I'm sure there will always be critics, but I grew up in a household where our Irish heritage was about community service and about giving back. And um, you know, this experience uh, was one that I think um, demonstrates that heritage in a way that is very real and very palpable. And, you know, the timing of it was just related to my, when my son was on break. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm so happy that we were able to have that experience. Um, we did celebrate St. Patrick's Day in the in the airport, I will say there were Irish step dancers in okay. the airport in, in, right. in, or, in um, uh, Orlando where we had our, or Fort Lauderdale where we had our, our layover. So, uh, you know, we did, we did celebrate our, our Irish heritage. Another uh, story that's developing, as they say, you've been lobbying for the $12.5 million in extra state aid for the city of Albany. We're recording this interview on Wednesday, and the state budget's still up in the air. But uh, the state assembly has been considering providing some, uh, money for Albany, but not that much, uh, $9.8 million. Are you still optimistic about getting the full $12.5 million? Well, you know, I'll stress again, we um, have demonstrated that $12.5 million is the right number, and that gets us still to less than half of the unrestricted aid that other cities um, similar to the city of Albany receive. And so um, we're going to continue to fight for it and continue to make the case. And hopefully at the time that uh, this airs, we will have been able to, to say that we were successful. If not, um, you know, we're prepared to make the cuts that are needed, but there will be a significant, significant reduction in city services uh, if, if we're not successful. Let me ask you about the parking tickets uh, issue. Uh, CBS 6, WRGB, and also the Times Union uh, reported that for several months, the Albany Parking Authority was issuing parking tickets that uh, weren't completely finished or something like that by the by the printer uh, so that they weren't really um, usable to convict someone. Uh, what's your comment on this situation? You know, my understanding is that the majority of those tickets have been paid. We have an adjudication process for a reason and that any um, uh, 
anything that is missing from the ticket can be replaced. So if a person um, wants to challenge the ticket because it's missing information, um, the parking authority has the opportunity to reissue that ticket. So, you know, this isn't anything that, uh, you know, my office was involved in. Uh, but uh, my understanding is that most of these tickets have been paid, and if people still have an issue or a, a problem with the ticket that they were issued, um, they can turn that in and, and have it reissued with the right information on it. Let me ask you about the Albany Skyway. Of Albany Skyway project would turn the Clinton Avenue ramp off I-787 into a landscape pathway for pedestrians and bicyclists. Can you tell us more about this project and how it's going to be funded. Yeah, I just want to be clear. It's not the the Clinton Avenue exit off of 787. It is the Quay Street exit that comes from Quay Street to Clinton Avenue. So, um, you know, the traffic that's on 787 would not be impacted by it, but it's an underutilized ramp that comes off of Quay Street along the Corning Preserve. And uh, the goal is to turn that into a linear park. Um, Governor Cuomo has uh, reprogrammed some money um, that can only be used for this type Mm -hmm. of transformative transportation, reducing uh, uh, car traffic type projects. And so we're very grateful for that because we think that this is a really an ideal project for that type of funding. And there were a lot of people at the public meeting that we had about it. Stantec is our is our consultant and they're in the design phase. But, you know, there are examples of these types of infrastructure uh, transformations that have occurred in New York City and in other places and we think that it is going to really help to add another feature to our down, down, downtown, um, add to the transformation and investment that's in cl- occurring in Clinton Square, and very much looking forward to it. A week ago, Albany was the scene, as were uh, cities all around the globe, really, of uh, big demonstrations for school safety. Uh, what, what's your current uh, take on that uh, important issue? Well, I, you know, I'm so proud of the students at Albany High School that I uh, went and and attended the assembly that they held um, and the the walkout that, that they participated in. You know, these are young people who are really fully informed. They know the Constitution. They know their rights. They understand this issue. And I was so proud of that student-led, student-run effort. Um, I was just there as an observer, not to speak, not to participate, because the students were really the ones who participated in it. And I think, you know, you look at the students who participated in the walkout and then in the marches that occurred on Saturday. And these are young people who are informed, who care about their rights and who want to see action. And, you know, I I join them in not understanding what possible uh, benefit we have from allowing assault weapons uh, to be in the hands of, of people. Uh, you know, in this case, it was a, a 19-year-old, um, you know, people able to purchase weapons um, you know, the, the, the things that they're calling for with respect to age description, age restrictions um, and uh, registration of guns, and then really looking at these assault weapons and whether they have any place on the streets. Let me uh, ask you about refugees. The number of ref- refugees from other countries coming to Albany and apparently around the country has declined sharply. 
Uh, is that your understanding? And if so, would you know what accounts for this decline? Well, it's the Trump administration's reduction in the number of refugees that it's going to be allowing into the country. Mm-hmm. So they set a quota. The, the, that quota has been set far below what it was uh, when uh, President Obama was in office. And also because of the um, the this administration's uh, approach to keeping people out of the Muslim faith, and it is a, a Muslim ban. Um, the countries that uh, that have been targeted for that, um, we've seen a significant reduction in the number of refugees that are um, immigrating to the United States Capit- from this country. I'm sorry. Capital Rep is uh, in the news, a theater in downtown Albany. It's uh, putting government grants and fundraising together to move farther north on Pearl Street. This is this a good idea? Well, you know, they need a permanent home and they do, you know, they do not own the building that they're currently in and it's in pretty tough shape. And so this is a facility that allows them to own the theater and to ensure that we continue to have this incredible quality, you know, it's a Lourdes D professional theater in the city of Albany uh, for, you know, the, the future. And so it's a very cool space. It's, it's again, in this Clinton Square area that we're really focusing on. And I think that it is going to help to continue to transform that neighborhood. The Albany Distillery is there. There have been a, a significant investment in market rate housing in that area. And uh, it's just it's a it's a great neighborhood. So I look forward to the project. So you see this is part of expanding the development of Albany. Yeah, I mean, this is really an area of the city as you go north into the warehouse district that is transitioning from the standpoint of having, um, you know, destinations to and this really is a destination. It's closer to. Um, it's close to the Palace Theater and the expansion that will be happening at the Palace Theater. So I think that it is going to allow for that area um, to, to really transform. And, you know, we were really concerned that we were going to lose uh, CapRep. They, mm-hmm. they needed to find space and uh, really had looked all over the region. And so um, we're just very pleased that they were able to find space that meets their needs in the city of Albany. A big sports event uh, came to Albany, NCAA basketball. The, uh, some women's tournament games were played uh, in Albany. Uh, big crowds there. Big crowds. I mean, the final game was, uh, you know, really, really well attended. Uh, it was exciting. It's great basketball. And it generated more than, you know, it, the estimate is that it generated approximately $2 million in spending over the weekend. Um, 1,500 room nights were booked. So it was uh, great for not just the city of Albany. That was hotels all over the region. And, uh, you know, great to see that type of level of sports. I mean, to see UConn play in the city of Albany, mm. um, you know, it's it just doesn't get any better than that in women's basketball. So what happens next year? I mean, do they have to reapply or do you know they're, they're coming so, or not? So next year, uh, the Times Union Center made a successful bid for the men's. Um, and so, you know, we can look forward to, to that coming and uh, they'll continue to bid on these. I think we were a great host city and it was a great experience. And so we're hopeful that we'll get them back. 
You are uh, searching for an Albany resident uh, to recognize that person uh, for giving their time and talent for community service. It's called the Henry Johnson Award. What is that? That's right. So we started this last year, and we look to acknowledge a resident who deserves to be recognized for their leadership and making contributions to the community. And we're really looking for those unsung heroes uh, that have not been recognized in the past uh, and who have made a contribution, whether it's to arts and history, social justice, education, community organizing. Um, This is the second annual award. Nominations must be received by five o'clock on April 13th. And you can go to albanyny.org to uh, make that nomination. And so if you have any questions, you can contact Dennis Gaffney in my office, um, dgaffney at albanyny.gov. But go to the website and uh, we'd love to. We had great applications last year. It was a really tough decision um, because we had so many outstanding candidates, uh, and we look forward to to having outstanding nominees this year as well. Also in the news, the Queemans deal collapses. Property in Queemans that the city of Albany has been trying to get rid of, your city owns it, uh, will continue uh, to remain in its hands uh, because. Um, the I guess the buyer backed out, but now the city is up to it needs to pay what six hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollars for some reason. Can you explain that? Well, um, you know that we were anticipating six hundred and twenty thousand dollars from the sale, ah, and uh, so you know, look, this was a contract that was signed. That six hundred and twenty thousand dollar price factored in the amount of wetlands and the lack of, uh, you know, easements to the property. But um, I'm told the seller had the right to back out. I was not happy about that, Um, not happy at all. And we're looking to sell it. You know, this is a piece of property that uh, was purchased by the city many, many years ago before my time. Um, The city sunk $5 million plus into this property between what it paid to have um, an option to purchase it for a number of years and then the final purchase price that it paid for it. It was assessed um, for tax purposes at $3.8 million. Um, you know, every mayor gets handed um, a challenge, and, and this is one that, um, while not of our making, we're going to do our best to get something for it on behalf of our taxpayers, but uh, not the result we were looking for. Let me quickly try to squeeze in a final thing about the apple orchard. Nine Pin Cider and Samuscott Orchards will be planting a small apple orchard in the city of Albany? That's right. Come on out on uh, April 15th at 10 o'clock, weather permitting. Uh, Nine Pin Cidery, which is a very successful growing business in the city that makes Hard cider using New York apples is going to be uh, planting a number of trees. They're going to maintain the orchard, um, and it, it, you know it's going to be located um, in Washington Park. Uh, it's just that if you head over to Thurlow Terrace uh, and you want to participate in that, we encourage people to come out. Uh, I think this is a, a great addition to the city. There'll be uh, signage there mm-hmm. that will explain it and talk about it and talk about the importance of apples in New York State, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with our guest, Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. This program will be available as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. Next week, our guest will be author Jim Richmond discussing the history of the town of Milton in Saratoga County. I'm Bob Cudmore.